This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. Hello and welcome to the Holocron Histories podcast where we talk about Star Wars canon versus legends, what Disney has done, what was done before the Disney buyout, and how it compares. I'm one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup, and I'm here with my other host, Ben of Tamaria. Yeah. And so we are here to continue our species series, and so we are here to talk about two, one species that is legends only mm-hmm. and another species that was legends only and is now not legends only this is right so we today we are talking about the dengai which we do see for the first time ever in canon with uh with jedi survivor uh ravis who is a dengai now in canon we don't know anything about their race so today's episode's mainly going to be it's all going to be legends material but essentially everything in legends probably will bleed over into canon with the dengai the other species we're talking about is the cathar which do appear in uh canon as well but there's very little info because we don't physically see a cathar they're only mentioned in uh, i think some of the high republic books and that's it i think you're right um, though it is interesting to note that with because we have gotten some news about the KOTOR remake because there was like Jeff Grubb, who, if you don't know, is a gaming journalist who often specializes in like getting early scoops or leaks in there. He posted one day saying that the KOTOR remake was canned. But then, you know, uh, it wasn't Lucasfilms. It was no, it was Lucasfilm. The developer? It was the developer. The developer was who Aspire made. originally, and then they switched to a different dev. Um, right, but I can't remember who made the announcement this week that KOTOR Remake is coming. Oh, it is. Um, I can't remember the outlet, but yeah, the KOTOR Remake is an active development again. And yes. supposedly may, we might get something next year. Yes, yes, supposedly. And so with that, they said that the story is going to remain mostly the same, just kind of expanding general side Mm. quests. They did say that there might be some gender swapping of characters. No, I don't think this means that they're going to make Bastila a boy or canonize a gender of women. Well, with Bastila, I doubt, because Jennifer Hale's coming back. Yes. That's guaranteed. (laughs) With it's already same. (laughs) <laughs> but I could see, I could see because Kotor, in general, like NPC wise, didn't have a lot of diversity in there. I could see them making general mm. quest givers I've, or other options. I mean, when it comes to the gender swap, I doubt it's going to be the main cast that we have as companions. Now, when it comes to characters that we deal with story wise, besides Matt, like obviously, <laughs> they might get swapped which is a complete i mean that's fine i i think that's fine um modernize it a bit change out the story maybe give a different um 
aspect of perception. Mm-hmm. But to me, at least keep the your companion cast the same. At least. Yeah. I think what I would like to see, if I had to guess, is I would like to see like an expansion to the conflicts that are going on in each planet. So like you get more quests and kind of battle between like the Wookiee and Zerka on Kashyyyk or like more expansion with the Tuscan lore on Tatooine or more expansion with um expand like, all the really planets navigate. but Terrace. That's that's all I say. Expand all yeah. expand all the planets but Terrace. We don't need to be on yeah. Terrace for 3 hours. <laughs> Yeah, and so I think that's a good place they could go. No, but my point in all this is to say that the Cathar are probably now firmly in canon with with KOTOR remake coming because mm. of Jahani. Yes, um, yes, exactly. Um, which we will talk about uh, Jahani uh, in this episode because she's a notable Cathar. Also, do you know the theory that both Clone Wars are canon? No, wait. Obviously, there's the animation theory. one, the yeah. original one. There's a theory that it's not official because they haven't said like, "Oh, this is canon." Oh, you still there? Yeah. Okay. I just it just like kind of lagged and crashed on me for a minute. Oh, because yeah, no, we're I good. Because I got a phone call. Um. And so, but what as I was saying the theory that they actually both are true is the sense that the original clone wars cartoon is like a war documentary and so that's why like the clones aren't as personable there's more violent like there's more like depictions of grotesque violence and like there's less romanticized portrayals of characters whereas the clone wars dave filoni cartoon is more like those war propos that used to come before the movies, like during World War II. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're like more kind of like spinning the war in like a way like support our troops, which is why the clones have more personality and are more likable, and they show the Jedi in different lights and all that stuff. That is an interesting theory. Now, to me... Which would mean that the Gendai are canon from the Clone Wars. Fair, that's fair, because that's when they originally—that's where they show up originally was in the original like two D animation of Clone Wars. Though, but we do also get one of the best Jedi in the original Clone Wars. Uh, Jedi Shaggy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which they literally spoofed Shaggy from Scooby Doo into Star Wars. I'm just mad they didn't give him like a weird space dog companion. Right, I uh, know it's it's a bummer but anyway mm-hmm. uh before we uh, one little tidbit before we dive into the din guy first um massive entertainment the studio that did the division their star wars game is supposedly uh possibly could be coming out next year as well isn't that ubisoft mm-hmm. it's a division of ubisoft yes yeah, Massive yeah. Entertainment, they've only done the uh, Division games, and they're also developing the Division Heartland, but they have a Star Wars game de- development, which is a open-world, story-based, create-your-own-character, and supposedly has a similar jump system, 
where you can jump to planet to si- or system to system, similar to No Man's Sky, which would be just—I mean, just hearing that. Obviously, we haven't seen anything. It sounds amazing, but we. I honestly, I want an open world Star Wars game, but like, I don't want it to get like the Skyrim treatment. Like, I want it to have a like purpose and driven and i don't want the main quest to sit in the bottom of my quest log for for 400 hours in the game right and then you get to the main quest and it's like oh i'm one shot in literally everything that comes in my path i literally in my last skyrim playthrough i killed alduin with just the fire breath I don't know how I've. That's too overpowered. <laughs> and if anybody, this is nerdy of me. It's your Taoshul is the shout. Mm. I I I remember I memorized some of the dragon shouts, but that's the Skyrim talk. Mm. That's Elder Scrolls. That's another show for that. Anyway, let's get into the Dingai finally. Uh, so to kick things off, we have their biology and appearance. So if you play Jedi Survivor, you do get it weak get a very good glimpse on what a Dengai looks like. So, a boneless species with large fangs, the Dengai were virtually a formless jumble of corded muscle and nerve bundles. Uh, Because of this, the Dengai typically inhabited heavy armor um, uh, uh, made uh, for humanoids to give themselves a form in which they passed by many number of species in the galaxy. The only dis- distinct feature of the Dengai were their ha- uh, heads. Typically bald, the Dengai faces were humanoid with two eyes, a nose, and a mouth full of razor-sharp teeth. Two large wing-like ears protruded from the sides of their heads. Dengai typically tucked their ears under a jawline when wearing helmets to hide any distinguishing features. Weird. They're kind of gross, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and if you once, I mean, if you play Jedi Survivor and you do fight Ravis, you realize, oh, his species is weird. Okay, so here's a just kind of a little off topic with, but it goes in. So, have you played Gotham Knights? Yeah. Have you done the Clayface fight? Yes. They should have done that with Ravis. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, now yeah they should have. Yeah, oh, Ravis was just a push. Like okay, once you get to the fight, spoiler, once you get to the fight, it's and you start fighting him, it's a very big disappointment of a boss fight. Like I, w- it was so underwhelming. I was like, really, this this is the guy that is can regenerate and can live for thousands of years if necessary, and. I'm easily blocking his attacks and cutting off an arm. Right. It's the thing about, I think they should have kept phase one the same. Just like same attack, fine with that. And then he kind of leaks out and goes into this more, like, morphing things where he's forming weapons with his stuff and like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they could have done a lot different ways to choreograph the fight. To make it at least more of a threat for him, from yeah. him, 
Because when I was start fighting, he was like, "Oh, I was scared of this guy the entire time I'm playing this game. Oh, he's nothing." That's well, after beat his boss. <laughs> even in that point, like they are terrifying, like to look at, and like when you're like going through the little like crevice and you come out and he grabs you. Yes, that's terrifying. That terrified me. Yeah, that was terrifying. And then, but once you get to the fight, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Cutscene wise, he's terrifying. Boss fight wise, mm-hmm. not so much. But, um, so lacking the vulnerable, uh, vital organs of most species, including hearts and lungs, Dengai could ex- take extreme inj- injuries and even complete dismemberment, uh, and survive, which they gave them the reputation of being immortal. In fact, they could regrow lost limbs of other body parts and only, uh, could, in only a few minutes. Unlike most species, Dengai had a nervous system which, uh, distributed throughout the body in the form of millions of nerve clusters. This fact gave the species near instantaneous reflexes as well as the ability to sustain high volume injuries without any overall damage. So high that their sensories uh, accurately um, that the Dengai were able to feel a human's heartbeat from ranges up to 200 meters. Yeah. Um, another reason to feel Ravis when you first see him. Uh, as mm-hmm. the Dengai did not possess a heart, their circulatory system functioned by the way of s- series of catapultaries and muscular contractions which push blood through the body. If the Dengai received a cut, that that the area could easily cut off from the heavy bo- uh, blood flow to prevent bleeding uh, to death while the body regenerated itself. One of the Dengai's few weaknesses is that they could force into an... Ex- Extended period of uh, hibernation if they took too many severe injuries across their entire form. <laughs> Which, remind me, that does happen to Ravis, because he did go into hibernation, did he not? I believe so. When he was. He says he spent the last centuries in a Republic prison and then escaped hmm. when the Empire came to power. Okay. And then during this time, the Dengai's regenerative abilities replaced the body mass, which was lost. Ultimately, there was only two ways a Dengai could be permanently killed. The first was the complete vaporization and incinerations of one's body, which was the case of Dirge when he was sent into a star. The second was the death of the Dengai brain via physical destruction, as as only an aspect of their body that could not be regenerated. Notably, the brain also destroyed degenerated over time like most species which cause a form of psychosis develop in a dengai of advanced age hmm. so yeah um spo- another spoiler that's why i feel like that's why ravis wanted to end in battle because he was getting probably getting up in that age Mm-hmm. where eventually he was going to go into pretty much insanity. Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, and this is all the history, and now we're getting to the history part. So this is all the history we have for the Dengai. The peaceful Dengai homeworld was discovered sometime after the Great Hyperspace War by the Sith Empire. The Dengai species was decimated in the Assuring Battle with an unknown number of escaping the planet before it was lost to history. 
leaving the world behind, the remaining Dingai were scattered to the stars, seeking out a nomadic existence from planet to planet. And then over the course of the galactic history, the Dengai were largely absent in many of the great wars, which plagued the established central government, only appearing time to time as the leaders of crime syndicates or bounty hunters. These individuals typically suffered from psychosis, stemming from the degeneration of their brain tissue due to advanced age. And that's what we have on their history. (laughs) So their planet was discovered after the events of the Great Hyperspace War, which is essentially after Swotor timeline, because that's the not the Great Hyperspace War. No, it was before Swotor. So this is it's it takes place in five thousand BBY. So okay, that's a so thousand that's a thousand years before Swotor, or before um, Old Republic Kotor. Yeah, before Kotor. Um, and then, so this is like Nag- Naga Shadows. Oh, it's Naga Shadows of the Empire. Yes. Okay. And then, so, so they just kind of, they do all that. But if I get that right, the Sith discover their planet and decimate it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> after they've just after they've just t- dealt the like serious blow that the great hyperspace war is it so well this is an interesting thing to kind of talk about because we don't know and we can kind of theorize so we know we know that after the great hyperspace war and the death of Naga shadow that there's a huge power vacuum in the sith empire correct and there's all these sith lords that are fighting over it but we know we also know that one young Sith Lord at this time retreats beyond known space to the planet of Dromad Cross after he cre- conducts a terrifying ritual. True. Could Vitiate have wiped out the Gendai planet? I mean Essentially he could. But if it was Vitiate, I would imagine there would have been no survivors whatsoever compared to there's actual survivors of the species. Because Vitiate sucks all life. By the literal means. Right. Like, he sucks the entire planet dry. Mm. Um, unless, I mean, it could still be him and he wasn't at his full... He, since he was so young, he wasn't at his most powerful as he was as we see him in like uh older public where he literally wipes out a planet within like minutes it could be before i mean i mean he essentially i mean it could be vitiate essentially i just think it's a little too coincidence this planet of like hyper survivability species gets wiped out by the sith I just don't see the post Naga Shadow Sith having the wherewithal to do that, but I do see an offshoot Sith group like Vitiate's Empire doing that. Yeah, because Vitiate basically takes all, almost all the Sith pure bloods with him. Yes. Well, yeah, that and then. Um... 
he also, I think, helped bring back their species as a whole. Because the Droman Koss, if I recall, is one of the... It's not the homeworld of these Sith purebloods, but they essentially take hold of it. Right. Kind of like Planet Vegeta. Like, yes. Because the Planet Vegeta the is not the original homeworld of the Saiyans in Dragon Ball Z. That's correct. You find that out through Super Which... when they just re- randomly added more stuff to it. Yes. Planet Sadala. Yep. But uh, now we get to their society and culture, which this is interesting. So they're a peaceful species. The Dengai practice a philosophy of perfection of permanence, a belief that could uh, that all change is an illusion. Because of this, the Dengai philosophers preach that taking on an active role in anything was pointless and detrimental uh, having no official government or organization structure following the destruction of their homeworld the dingai embrace the spirit of nomadic living and journey the stars largely in isolation as their lifespans were so long ranging from 4,000 years to over 7,000 dingai rarely reproduced and had extremely low birth rates while the population of a whole was made up of philosophers the other population suffered from mental deterioration which would led to pronounced increase in violent tendencies these rogues tended to take jobs as mercenaries and bounty hunters poorly representing the species as cruel heartless savages which is interesting because all the ding the, the two dingai we ever see in or in legends and in, also now in canon are both mercenaries or bounty hunters right does the Dengai bounty hunter in the original Clone Wars have a name? Dirge. Dirge, that's right. Dirge is the original, and then obviously we have Ravis. And mm-hmm. and now knowing like they live from 4,000 to 7,000 years, Ravis is a child. When he's, yes. only, he's like only three to 400. He's a child. Right. And... For all we know, given the time frame, these Gendai that we see in canon, like Dirge, for all we know, I don't know if we have a birth date for him. No, we don't. But he could he could have existed through the entire Republic. Yep. That is true. And then Ravis, I mean, he sur- I mean, he lived through the, you know, all through the High Republic era. Yep. Which is, you know, tip from roughly three to five hundred years before the events of Phantom Menace. So, right. A lot so happens. this is my point. Does Dagon and uh, Satari Creed, does their whole experiment take place before phase one of High Republic? So it's. So the Nihil are a threat to the galaxy at the time so it's so i'm currently on the last book of phase two phase two mm. takes place before phase one right. chronologically which makes zero sense and like when you start reading phase two and it's like wait a minute that ship's in phase one but it's now just being built and then you realize I mean, oh this is a prequel to phase one 
that's that's the Star Wars way to do it, though. Right. Start. Go back. <laughs> fair point. Go that after. Fair point. That's a fair point. I don't know why I never realized that until now. That's a very good point. Here's the original. Here's the prequel. Hey, now we have the sequel. And they're in High Republic. They did. A, they confirmed High Republic is going by three phases. Yeah. Hmm. That phase three is a sequel. <laughs> Guarantee it. Um, which will probably lead to Acolyte. Yeah. I really. Uh, we'll talk about Acolyte another time. But I have thoughts on Acolyte that oh, I, I hope is not attacked a path they're taking. But it might. Yeah, I do too. But we'll, we'll see. We will shall see. But anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, Satara Kree and Dagon's whole thing is during the, I want to say, during the events of Phase 1 or after Phase 1 chronologically. Um, Obviously, since Phase 2 is a prequel to Phase 1, it doesn't happen then. But yeah, because the Nihil are a th- uh, are a threat, and Ni- the Nihil so far have only appeared in Phase One, when right. their predecessors appear in Phase Two. So maybe Phase Three will have Dagon and Satari Kree in it. That's what I'm kind of hoping. Which is why they waited awesome. to release, or why they waited to release Phase Three till after Jedi Survivor. Yeah, and they've been typically doing it like course of a year each year is a different phase kind of a thing right but now we have dingai and the galaxy so rarely seen in the galaxy due to their low numbers those few dingai encountered generally mask themselves in full armor not to give only only to give them form but they also blend into non-discrepant humanoids those who knew about the species thought them as long-lived and hard to kill and wrongfully associated them with vicious killers. The enormous generalization stemmed from the fact that most famous Dengai in the galaxy had succumbed to an age-related psychosis and brought out violent tendencies. Mm-hmm. And then active during the events of the Cold War, two other Dengai have recorded uh, by the Galactic History the leader of Nar Shaddaa, anti-imperial resistance, the Flame, and the Locus on Terrace. Uh, during the conquest of Makeb, a cartel warlord named Sundered raised an army with the other car- uh, cartel warlords on Darvanus. Darvanus. So, Terrace is mentioned. Which, I have a... Uh, Opinions of that planet, because Kotor won. Um, and then, arguably, history's best-known Dengai was the bounty hunter and Confederacy of Independent Systems Commander Dirge, active during the Clone Wars between the Confederacy and the Republic. Dirge was completely insane by the time of the war and possessed an unequivalent un- bloodlust. Dirge was responsible for the slaughter of Gungand uh, colonists on the moon of. Omadun and the deaths of several members of the Jedi Order, such as Jedi Masters Glaive and John and Antilles. Hmm. Yep, that's what we have in the thing, guy. Don't make more. And obviously, we have now Ravis. Hmm. But, like, if you wanted to see, if you are listening to this show or watching this show and, like, you've played Jedi Survivor and you're like, why do you all keep. Talking about Ravis being a disappointment. Go watch 
the 2D Clone Wars Obi-Wan versus Dirge, Dirge is, He, like, he is on... Dirge, they did very good justice with his species, because obviously it's the first time we see it, but they, like, actually made him, like, a legitimate threat through that animated series, because he did not die. This, he literally got was cut in half. And regenerate, like, literally combined his two parts back together. Yep. Yeah. Now, granted, in, uh, with the Ravis fight, we do cut off his arm. He grows it. He connects it back and regrows it, whatnot. But that's it. Nothing to, like, I was kind of hoping we would cut him in half and see that dirge reference. But we didn't. And I was kind of sad. But, you know, but I think it's a good time to take a mid-break. Yeah, let's do it. All right, welcome to the middle of the show where we uh, talk about everything to do with the podcast, but not Cannons versus Legend. And so it's here where I let you know that we do have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash holocron histories to check us out and sign up there if you would like to support us there we would greatly appreciate it um but you can go there sign up at various tiers and get all kinds of benefits you can also support us by leaving us ratings or reviews on apple or spotify Uh, if you leave us five stars and some kind words or a comment a kind comment on a spotify episode we will read it out on a future episode of the show and then you can join us on Discord and hang out with us. We on the Cups podcasting and more Discord or the Robots Radio Discord. We are Teacup and Ben of something on both servers. And you can find us there, learn about our other shows, uh, the Assassin's Creed Lorecast, Dragon Age Lorecast, and Ben's other show, the Wizarding World Lorecast. Um, you can do all of those things there and hang out with us. You can also come hang out with us live. We go live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. I will remember that flawlessly one day, but not today. And then, so you can come and hang out and chat with us and do that there and come hang with out, out with us live. And I think that's all I have for the middle of the show, Other, unless we have a review to read. Uh, we do not this week, but um, do we do go live on my Twitch account, Ben of Tamaria, and please go subscribe or follow i don't have subscriptions yet but please go follow me because i am trying to get affiliated and i am 21 followers short i'm getting almost affiliated so please go help me out help me get affiliated that way we can do more with this show and who knows well i mean i'm trying to get more into game streaming so trying to make that as a regular thing as much as these shows so we shall see but let's now get back into the show with cathars all right now that we're back we have cathars and we only see cathars in legends as we said at the beginning of the episode but we do get mention of them in the High Republic books. So they are canonized as a species. We just don't see them physically yet. Um, I would imagine we might see them in the Acolyte 
show, maybe, since it's set during the High Republic. Who knows? Uh, maybe. And who knows? Uh, or the, you know, KOTOR remake could possibly become canon, which would be fantastic, and that's what we're all hoping and praying for. But we don't know what Lucasfilm wants to do, so we can only right. hope. They haven't released a video game yet that isn't canon. That is true. That is very true. Since they, since the, uh, I mean, since Disney has taken over, all the games have been canon except for Galaxies, or Heroes, uh, Heroes of the Galaxy, or Galaxy, Galaxy of Heroes. Because, well, that, in that game, was that game out before Disney, or was it during Disney? Um... So I want to say it was. It came out after the acquisition. It came out in the fall of 2015. Okay, so either right before, or right before, like right after, it was solidified. Yes. Okay. Because, and I remember this. Let me think again. Is it really that old of a game? Yes. Yes, I've been playing since undergrad. And I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was. (laughs) But I remember one of the first promos they did was for the Force Awakens characters. Okay. Well, I mean, they were prominent for the cover of the game, I remember. Yeah. You got, like, a Resistance Trooper for free when you joined. Mm Mm-hmm. And now they have a whole bunch of Legends characters, such as Malgus, Revan, Bastila. They added Darkseid Bastila. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so our side battle has been out for like four years. Oh my god. Well, and they just I just I I started the app again and started playing. I didn't realize they added uh they just added Jedi uh Fallen Order characters, Cal, Marin, yeah. and um Seer. Yep. But, uh, so kick off the Cathar. So we have biology and appearance. So the baseline Cathar was a fur covered bodies, thick manes. They had uh, prominent retractable claws that could deliver powerful killing attacks on foes and prey. On average, Cathars were 1.5 to 1.9 meters tall, which is roughly, you know, four, what is that, four and a half, five feet, typically, right there. Almost six feet. Yeah. Uh, these traits were made the perfect hand-to-hand specialists. So the Cathar species had two subspecies known as the Juhani and the Miro. Uh, both of these, uh, notably less cat-like, were mainline Cathar. And then Cathars were born into a litter. The Cathar species was biologically similar to the Bothan species. And then now we go into their history. So the planet of Cathar was devastated by the Mandalorians during the Battle of Cathar, leading to the enslavement and near extinction of the Cathar species. Over 90% of the species was killed by the Mandalorians in the battle. The few survivors were forced to flee off-world to survive. After the Mandalorian Wars, Cathar began resettling the, uh, their world by the time of the Galactic Civil War had been fully recovered and the damage by the Mandalorians uh, Damaged from the damage the Mandalorians had done. And then with the return of the Sith Empire during the Great Galactic War, which is the Swartor era, uh, most 
Cathar sided with the Galactic Republic. By the time of the Cold War, many Cathars had settled on Ordmetel. Others attempted to settle on Terrace to aid with the rebuilding, but were attacked by the Sith Empire just prior to the outbreak of hostilities. As conflict was renewed with the Galactic War, Cathar's support for the Republic began to mildly diminish due to the Galactic events. And then the Sith Empire had liberated a Cathar political prisoner and its fo- his followers who were covertly imprisoned on Belsavis uh, for 20 years in the behest of the Galactic Strategic Information Service. The incident was leaked by Imperial non-human relations, uh, which damaged the public trust between the Republic and their alien citizens. After Malchus's betrayal, the Sith Empire began an alien initiative which saw multiple Cathar clans being freely inducted into their ranks. So, all this is in the events of Star Wars The Old Republic, MMO. Go play it. It's awesome. Awesome. Uh, and, mind you, you can play as a Cathar. They are a playable race. I need to boot that game up again. Yeah, I, I I get on like periodically. I need to actually like sit down and start playing more. Um, I was streaming it a little bit uh, like a week ago, two weeks ago, but yeah, I really need to get back into playing it. I want to get the emblem where you complete all the class stories, base game class stories, because all the expansion oh, stuff is the same regardless what class you are. Right. But I have three of the eight. And there's eight. <laughs> so now we have their society and culture. So on their homeworld, Cathar lived in cities built into great trees and were organized into clans governed by elders. Uh, stories of their great heroes were often carved into the trunks of those uh, tree homes for following generations to see. The Cathar mated for life uh, to extent to the extent and when the one mate died, the survivor never had a relationship with another. Cathar clan society included great pageants and celebrations, especially for those heroes. Their religion included a ritual known as the Blood Hunt, in which Cathar warriors individually engage in combat against entire nests of Killurk in order to gain honor and purge themselves in front of inner darkness. The native language of the Cathar was Cathares, uh, which has included uh, the emphasis of words spoken with a growl. And then, now we have Cathar in the Galaxy. And this is where we get our well-known companion from KOTOR 1. So, Force-sensitive Cathar often became Jedi, even though the Jedi, uh, Jedi way tended to be opposition to the natural tendencies uh, Silvar and her mate, uh, Kratos, were famous Jedi who fought in the Great Sith War. The story of Kratos' fall to the dark side of the Force under the influence of Exar Kun was well known to all Cathar, as well as the story of Silvar, who was able to turn away from the dark side and regain the Jedi way. Another Cathar Jedi of that era was Juhani, who traveled with Revan and assisted him in the destruction of the Starforge. Famous Cathar Jedi during the Second Imperial Civil War were brothers Rassi, On, and Zothun. Which, fun fact, there are a, there is another similar like 
Well, I can never tell if they're reptilian or if they're like feline, but the Barabels. They're in the Legends material, like post. Okay. I did look that up. I don't remember them. Um, but fun fact, uh, Jahani is on the tendency of the dark side when you first meet her. Which you could have her embrace the dark side or return to the Jedi path. Just like Silvar in Cardo. And now we have behind the scenes. And uh, yeah, I only had behind the scenes for the Cathar, surprisingly. There was no behind the scenes for the Dengai because they only showed up in one specific thing. Also, the reptiles are reptilian. Ah, okay. They're like a cross between, they're like uh, Trandoshans with tails. Oh, interesting. So they're basically. Argonians? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) They're basically space Argonians. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's funny. Um,. So in Knights of the Old Republic, the Cathar Jedi Jahani speaks basic, Albert with a heavy Salvic like accent with rolled R's and W's that sounded like V's. Uh, Morgil, a bounty hunter and foe the Great Hunt encountered in the Bounty Hunter class in the Star Wars Old Republic, also speaks with the same accent. However, a Cathar companion of the Trooper class in the Star Wars Old Republic, uh, Eric Jorgen, uh, and a Cathar Jedi Master Rian do not. Hmm, interesting. Which Jorgen doesn't. Um, yeah, Jorgen doesn't because uh, he is your first companion you have as a trooper class, uh, in the Old Republic MMO. And yeah, he doesn't talk with the Slavic, like accent to where they sound like cats ish. Right. And then with uh. Now we have Canon Cathar. So during the High Republic era, the Cathar Tossi served as a uh, as a storm in Laura Durham's Tempest of the Nihil Pirate Organization in 5 ABY. The Cathar female Diana served as an ensign aboard the Star Destroyer Deliverance, the flagship of the New Republic General Hera Syndulla. So we, I did not realize that we had, I completely forgot, we, I completely forgot we had one in the New Republic, too. Only one. And then, uh, behind the scenes for the canon Cathar, uh, the Cathar first canonically appeared in 2000, the 2021 novel Victory's Price, the third installment of the Alexander Freed's Alphabet Squadron Trilogy in the Star Wars Legends continually the Cathar debated in the first issue of the Dark Lords of the Sith arc in the comic series uh, Star Wars Tales of the Jedi which published by Dark Horse Comics on October 1st 1994 Interesting But yeah uh, If you want to learn more about the Cathar or anything check out this episode obviously but also just go play KOTOR 1 and Star Wars The Old Republic that's all you need to do. Yeah. I'll have to do that because you said that they're a companion of the counselor class as well? No, just the trooper. Oh, just now, the trooper. Jorgen can become your companion in the later expansions of the game, regardless of class, but base game wise, it's only the trooper. Okay. 
uh, they because your trooper is part of Havoc Squad, and you basically bring back Havoc Squad with all your companions. Mm-hmm. Right, which Havoc Squad is also in the night class. You take, take the commander of Havoc Squad. Is he from Havoc? I can't remember. I can't think. I don't think he's from Havoc Squad. If he is, he's from a different divergent of Havoc Squad. I can't remember the top of my head. It's been a while since I played the Night Storyline. I'm like so far ahead of everything in the Night Story because I've beaten all the uh, expansions and I'm in the current update with the story, which they're about to release more story to go back to the Malgus stuff. Mm. Current current story stuff deals with the Mandalorians, and the next up big update they're going to do is going to bring back the arc with Malgus. Which still, I have a statue of Malgus from the collector's edition of Sultor. Still shocked that they promote Malgus so much with the uh, with the game, with the promotion videos, with the statue, and everything, and he's a side boss. Yeah, you only fight him through the um, flashpoints. Yes, two flashpoints in the base game. And then they recently, with the 7.0 update, with the story, they brought Malgus back in power and everything, and he's the main like antagonist of the story currently. Which right. is like, guys, it took you almost 10 years, it took you 10 years to get him as a main bad guy. There's something um, a little, what? And right. Fun fact, uh, they're making a Black Series figure for Malgus. Oh, cool. Yeah. They're, so they're doing, le- uh, they're they're starting to do a lot more Legends Black Series figures for anybody uh, that collects Black Series. They have uh, Malik and Bastila from Nice Old Republic currently coming out this year. And Malgus is set for late this year, early next year. And Malgus is a big one. Like, he's like a $30 figure because he's, like, big and bulky. Right. But, yeah, that's what we got for this week. All right. Well, thanks for sharing. Very interesting species, especially. I hope we can see some more and maybe that maybe we'll get more of Ravis and his species in Phase 3 of the High Republic. Right. Hey, maybe Ravis will show up. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, and quick thing definitely tune in for next week's episode because this that's the episode that i'm sure a lot of people have been waiting for yes and the answers might surprise you yeah oh yes but other than that may the force be with you Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. Hi, welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi, I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Romer. And I'm Jaxus. Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, 
and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at 3 Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using 3 Thoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell. <laughs>